Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Aron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking seven negative thinking patterns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 115 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. And today we are going to talk about seven negative thinking patterns. We all go through it. We've all gone through it. I've been through it. Nicole, you've been through it. Thinking negative thoughts and negative self-dialogue. So today we want to talk about some thinking patterns that we have along the way throughout our fitness journey, throughout our nutrition journey, and just throughout our life and how to kind of reframe your mind around some of these thought patterns that you may be having. So Nicole, I think some of the importance around doing this type of an episode is because I think a lot of this process is mindset. And I think if you can change your mindset, you can change your life and you can change your fitness and your physique and everything that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to talk about some of these um little pitfalls or challenges maybe that we find ourselves in when things get a little chaotic or that we like struggle with the areas in our fitness and nutrition that might not go exactly the way we want to. And then we fall into these like mindset, you know, I call them pitfalls, mindset pitfalls where you're like, you fall in and you feel like you're on the ground and you can't get yourself up. And then once you're down there, you start talking all this negative stuff to yourself and instead of just picking yourself up and getting up, brushing yourself off and keeping going, we tend to fall into this cycle. We talk down to ourselves. We feel really bad about the mistakes that we may have made. Um, and it doesn't even have to be fitness and nutrition. I mean, I can name three things that I did today that I'm feeling like maybe I should have done that better. I probably could have spoke a little bit differently to a family member or something that came up. And we end up creating this negative dialogue, this negative self-talk that puts us in this cycle of shame and guilt and feeling kind of bad about things. Um, so these seven specifically, I think, are common ones that come up a lot, or at least that you and I discussed come up a lot with clients. Yeah. And you use the word cycle in mm -hmm. one of the many sentences you just said. So <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say pattern, which well, that too, I, right? I want to I kind of frame the word pattern because I think it's important to note that thinking patterns, they're mm -hmm. patterns for a reason, because when we constantly think a certain way, and this is why it's so difficult to change your mindset, because when we're constantly thinking a certain way, we're reinforcing a neural network, right? So we know that these kind of neural networks and these thought patterns are creating grooves in our brain, right? And we're constantly mm -hmm. thinking in the same way. So anytime we're faced with a similar situation, the default always ends up being the same because of the way those neural networks are set up, because we have either consciously or unconsciously, usually probably unconsciously, continued to reinforce these negative thought patterns. So I'm not mm -hmm. saying by any means that it's easy, but there are some things that the first thing you need to do is become aware of that thought pattern. And yeah. then the next thing you need to do is figure out a way to rewire your brain and start thinking differently so that you create a new neural pathway in mm -hmm. which your brain defaults to a different kind of thought, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. So awareness, interruption, and then change. Yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. is probably the better way than what I just said. So well, no, <laughs> you got you. I got you. All right. So let's get into the first one here. It's all or nothing thinking. And we've seen this many, many times where somebody will come in and think that they're going to go into their process of change going from zero to 60 or zero to 100. Right. And they're just like, all right, the perfect example of that, Nicole, is I think just give me a meal plan Mm -hmm. and a workout and I'll follow it. And I want to start off working out like if you're sitting on the couch and you've never done anything before and you want to start off doing five days a week of resistance training, five days a week of car, like 30 minutes of cardio every single day. And you're going to follow a meal plan and you're just going to continuously do that. You are setting yourself up right off the bat for failure. Yeah. It's that all that's all in part. The nothing part is that if you don't follow that all in, you are nothing. Literally, the negative part is you become nothing because you can't follow it. Well, you the other piece, I think, in the context of like, it's either you're doing everything or you're doing nothing at all. Right. Yeah. But I think the everything part is what creates the nothing. Right. And it also creates the pattern or cycle of the negative mindset, because like you said, you set yourself up for failure. Why? Because you go all in thinking I have to do this whole new program, this new meal plan, all this new stuff at once. And if I don't do it right, quote unquote, right, I might as well just do nothing. And then I am nothing. And that's where all the dialogue comes in. I missed one workout. We'll forget about it. I guess I should just throw away the whole week. I suck. I knew I couldn't do this. I mean, it's not just about the fact that you missed one workout. It's how you feel about yourself and the way you talk to yourself because you missed one workout. The dialogue starts or the feeling starts and then the dialogue comes in and then you throw everything away. So the nothing piece, I think, is a big part of that sentence. All or nothing. Yeah. In the in the context that you're putting it. Absolutely. I also think that this is what breeds the I have been saying this a lot lately, kind of jokingly. <laughs> diet starts Monday, right? Or yeah. or or like we start, you know, it's how like Monday is like National Chest Day for people, right? A lot of people in the gym do chest on Monday. That's how they start their bro split. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like you end up just doing a chest workout because you start on Monday and then you fall off on Tuesday and you're like, ah, fuck <laughs> it. I'll just I, I already I ruined my week. So I'm yeah. going to start back Monday and then you just I'll end do up, nothing. Then you just develop a big chest and nothing else develops. But, <laughs> but that's the reality of like, that is why that happens is because people yeah. are like, it's either I'm I'm perfect on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And mm-hmm. if I fall off at any point during the week, well, then the whole thing just gets scrapped and gets thrown out. And well, I'll pick back up next week and next week will be the perfect week. That is the yeah. issue, the perpetual cycle that people find themselves in. And the reality is I want to get into the solution for that. You have to meet yourself where you are and Mm -hmm. you have to give yourself the opportunity to make small changes and also just kind of, and this is hard to do because, you know, our work week kind of follows a a certain schedule and and our life has always like we've gone to school and we've been used to a certain schedule and Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, we're usually off. Right. So it's kind of hard to get out of like days of the week Mm -hmm. and, and, I, what I like to try and say is separate days of the week and just be like, all right, like I just haven't allotted time to do things. 
You get what I'm saying? Like when people yeah. are just thinking of days of the week and well, I have to do this on Monday. I have to do this on Tuesday. I have to do this on Wednesday. Well, no, you just have to accomplish these things within a seven throughout day the week with throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. These rules that we kind of put in, those are mm-hmm. barriers that we set up in front of us to give us. It kind of gives us a crutch or an excuse when we don't get it done that it, it's debilitating. Yeah. Yep. Agree. I think meeting yourself where you are, and this is where we get into coaching habits and we say, listen, just start with something. I'm just going to eat X amount of grams of protein. And guess what? Like if you didn't eat that, if you didn't accomplish that goal, well, let's say you skipped a meal or you missed a meal. You're always only one meal away from getting right back on track. Yeah. You're not you're not a whole week away from getting right back on track. Yeah. So that that all it's not all or nothing because that you'll you just never accomplish anything if you think that way. Yeah. Well, the nothing. Like I said, I always talk to clients about this when I, I say the word nothing is the thing I want you to focus on. I don't want you to focus on the all. I want you to focus on the fact that you get so negative on yourself that you end up doing nothing. Where is it getting us? You're miserable because you're just so mad at yourself of everything that you don't do anything. You get frozen. You know, they say fight, flight, frozen or freeze. Like that's your third response. You just do nothing. Not good. This is why when when clients come to me initially and they're like, they want it all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't even you. You're going to have a hard time even handling what I'm about to give you. So let me just give you what I'm going to give you. And then if you want more later on, I'll, we'll work our way up. I don't want to have to set you up for failure and then you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. And then we have to come back or, or sometimes I, I mean, I have done the opposite. Well, okay, I'll give it to you and I'll, I'll let you fall on your face and then you get back up and tell me you fell on your face and then, okay, now can we do this my way? Yeah. Right. Nicole, you've, I think the I've other thing that. I know, I, I mean, I'm like, okay, give it a try. And now, but now people listen to the podcast. have heard me say that. And they're like, you're just saying, give it a try. You want me to follow my face. <laughs> I'm like, I'm giving my secret away, <laughs> but it, it's it's not that we want you to fall on your face. Let me but let me first say that the goal is that sometimes when you hear things of what you need to get done, it doesn't penetrate into the brain the same way that if you experience what it's like to feel it like, you know, when you work out five days a week and you accomplish that in a week. I, I don't think I've ever had anyone say, wow, I feel like crap. <laughs> Most of the time they say, wow, I feel so good. When you feel that way, physically feel it, it's easier to then go, I want to keep repeating that. That's what you're talking about, the pattern. It's also the feeling in the body, what you feel, tell yourself, I did such a great job. So now you're establishing this new pattern. So you now you want to do it more. So sometimes it's us, it's us letting you have a feeling behind what that experience is like so that if it doesn't feel good, you know what that's like to feel. And it's easier to go, oh, I really don't want to revisit that. That didn't feel good, you know, instead of just being told what to do. And it works because we've all done it. You know, Daron and I have done it with each other. And from the standpoint of, you know, even our goals that we set for each other or that we set together as um, a company, it's you have to work through things. I also think the all or nothing mentality isn't just in the beginning when you're just getting started, all or nothing goes for even our higher level clients that are, you know, trying to get in their peak performance. They have the same mindset when, whether that be a competitor or someone that's hitting PRs or that's heading heavy strength goals, it's the same thing. If they can't accomplish this high level mindset around what they want to do, then they give up and do nothing and they get really frustrated with themselves. So it can go on at any level. It doesn't have to be beginners. 
All right. So let's get into the next one, Nicole, jumping to conclusions. This is where we kind of rush to certain assumptions, even though they're not supported by facts. Nicole, my hormones can we... are the problem. Right. So I'm broken. It's my hormones. Yeah. I mean, what are some other examples? Uh, it's I can't lose weight. Oh, I'll give you a whole bunch. My hormones. I'm I'm in menopause and my hormones mean I've been told I can't lose weight when I'm in menopause. I can't lose weight because I've never been able to do it in my life. Eating carbohydrates makes me fat. Um, exercising. Um, it just doesn't work for me. If I strength train, I'm going to get too big as a female. Well, um, here's an, well, I'm a hard gainer. That's a hard, yeah. that's one. Right. So, and that this is kind of also goes to like identifying with a certain, a certain person, right. You identify mm -hmm. as this and therefore you jump to the conclusion that, well, I can't do yeah. X, Y, and Z because I exactly. identified as this. Listen, early on in my bodybuilding, I was told because I was small that I was a hard gainer. And the reality is, I don't really think that that was actually a thing for me. I just think I had never worked out and I didn't eat enough. And that was really that that's the once you so once I started doing those things, like if I had identified it as those things that, well, I actually did. I identified as, but I went the I went the opposite way. I didn't identify with a hard gainer and say, OK, well, I can't I, do it. I can't do it. I identified it you as fought. I said, OK, well, it's going to be harder. So I'm going to just have to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. And then the reality is that that what that wasn't even the case. And I ended up working harder than everybody else. And that worked on my benefit anyway. Yeah. But yep. that's those are situations where you don't want to jump to those conclusions and the hormone thing. Oh, it's my hormones. OK, well, let's not jump to that conclusion. Yeah. Let's, go get tested. Well, forget not even that before you even do that. Like, let's just look at what you're eating. And let's look well, at yes. your, let's look at your. Are training. you doing everything you need to? Yes. But listen, there are also circumstances where that isn't an issue. So we don't want to take it off the table. But I do think it's the first place women go to because we. But here's the other thing. We've always been told that when you get to menopause, these are the things that are going to happen to your body. And it's horrible. And people put a negative. They paint this horrible picture on what you're going to go through. Well, we've talked and about. We've talked about menopause and we've talked about the things that come along with menopause, menopause, menopause. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reality is it's really not all that bad. And first of all, everybody well, experiences it differently. I but think it's different from, for everyone from a metabolic standpoint. Yeah, it's not as bad as it's per portrayed to be. I have seen women in menopause and Nicole, you've coached a lot of women in uh, postmenopausal that have been in better shape postmenopausal than they were premenopausal. Yeah. And listen, I'd even say right now I'm in the best shape of my life and it feels amazing. And everyone was like, your body's going to change so much. And da, 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 da. yeah, and a positive it has. Event. It totally has all for the better. So. All right. So we're going to see expect to see you back on stage sometime soon. I'm thinking when I turn 50, actually, now that you bring that up, I'll just put that out into the universe. So I turned 49 on Tuesday. So I figure I'll have one year if I wanted to do if I really, really wanted to do it. I want to be 50 and fabulous in a bikini. All right. So uh, anybody listening to the show, let's, we're going to hold Nicole accountable for this right now because she just put and it Daron, out. Daron is my coach. You're going to have to do all the work because I'm just going to have to follow the plan. I'm a tough cookie. I know. I love it. All right. So moving along. Do we okay. want to move along? Do we have anything to say? Yeah. Anything else to say about no, that? No, that's that's I think we hammered that one home. All right. So moving along, catastrophizing. And this is where you're just like everything is the end of the fucking world. It's like you blow things <laughs> way out of so out of proportion. I miss one week of workouts and 
nothing else matters, right? Like I, I lost all my gains and I lost all my muscle and I, I come back and I feel weaker and, oh, what did I do to myself? Right. And it's just, it's kind of like, well, just, okay, take a deep breath. It's not the <laughs> end of the world. The reality is that you're on this journey and you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have good times. You're going to have bad times. You're going to have times where you're not, you're tired. Maybe you need to get more rest and mm -hmm. all of those things are okay. And we need to stop thinking about individual, like, yes, I'll say this. You need to think about what you're doing in the now and what you're doing day to day. But if on one day in comparison to your 365 days in a year, right? Like at the end of the day, you're looking at like percentages of like doing work versus not doing work. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you have a, a day or something happens, or even sometimes people like a, a wrench will be thrown in their day, right? It's yeah. like, oh, my schedule got screwed up with the kids or, or I had to stay late at work and like everything mm -hmm. fell apart. And I, I couldn't, they it's almost like they can't default to a plan B kind of mm -hmm. thing. Nicole, I think this kind of also speaks to the conversation that we had with Sama when we had her the last time on the podcast, where yeah. it was, where it was like, she's like, I always just have a plan B and it's not always mm -hmm. going to be perfect. Right. But I think people have a hard time grasping that where something will happen in their day. And it's like, well, the whole day is just ruined now. Well, that's because most people don't plan a plan A. <laughs> right. So if you don't have a plan or in a plan A, then plan B is definitely not being thought of or they don't just, you know, take it down a notch. And I always say that too. like, OK, so you ended up staying at work late, you didn't get to the gym. Can you do a workout from home? I mean, everybody in the planet has a Peloton right now. Or can you, you know, put something small together that you do with body weight? It doesn't, nothing has to be perfect. That goes back to all or nothing. So they do nothing, no workout versus, you know, shifting and having a plan B to do something different at home. Well, here's the thing. Some movement is always going to be better than zero movement. Yeah. And that's the real, and this is what I have, where I've had conversations. I used to be the coach that was like, no, you got to lift every day. You got to do, you know, yeah, you can't give yourself room to fuck up. Right. Mm -hmm. But now, like you said, like you got a Peloton, like you, do you get, can you get, you can't tell me that you can't get on it for 10 minutes. Dude, do you know the Peloton app? I have a Peloton bike, the Peloton app that I can have on my phone without even having a bike or a treadmill, by the way, you can just get the Peloton app. It has strength training. It has yoga. It has meditation. It has Pilates. It has boxing. It has dancing. I mean, for crying out loud, if I told you how much money my clients or people that I talk to spend on apps, machines, weights that they have at home, all the things that a YouTube video, you don't even have to pay for that. You can just go on and find a strength training 20 minute routine. Like there's so much opportunity and you know, I said this to a client this week. I was like, stop buying things. Stop consuming more programs. You don't need any more. Like she has a Peloton app. She has a yoga app. She has a meditation app. Like you're telling me you don't have money to buy groceries. Now I understand where it's all going to because you have all these apps. You're consuming, consuming, consuming instead of you didn't get to the gym today with all the stuff that you consume. Oh, I forgot I had this app. She said to me, I said, OK, now we're getting out of control because you're over consuming and underdoing. So buy one app, you know what that that's going to be the default. You know what that person needs is what is that app? I forget what it's called. I always see ads for it that audits all of the apps and the things that you pay for. 
Oh, really? And like cancel subscriptions for you? Yeah. yeah, there's like an app that does that. It's like cancel, there's cancel, an cancel. app that cancels. There's like, an yeah, app that on. cancels. That, there's an app that cancels your apps, basically. Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, no, but that's the thing because I what oftentimes what I find is that like people pay for things and they don't even notice it coming out of there. It's like having like a Planet mm-hmm. Fitness membership, right? You go to Planet Fitness, you pay for it, you pay ten bucks a month, you never go, you never even realize that it comes out of your account. Every once in a while, you might remember, and then you go into Planet Fitness on like a Saturday and get a slice of pizza. But that so <laughs> they but, have pizza at Planet Fitness. But that, yeah, they have pizza. Like one day a week, they have they have pizza. Like you gotta understand. Like this is a little off topic, but if anybody like if you have if you ever walked into a Planet Fitness, Nicole, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Planet Fitness is like painted the ugliest color Purple. scheme ever, and it's all intentional. Planet Fitness is their whole business model is you're gonna pay ten bucks a month or maybe it's twenty now. I don't know. You're going to not use the facility. They don't want you to use the facility. Oh, they right? don't care They're, if you do. No, it's not even that. They don't want you to because then they have to pay for the upkeep and the maintenance of the equipment. So their thing is we're going to sell memberships. This is intentional. And there's been there have been uh, studies on this. I mean, I've referenced a study for everything, but yeah, like the color schemes that keep people away mm-hmm. from the place. So uh-huh. Interesting. They they don't want. That's why it's so cheap because they're like, hey, we're gonna charge less than everybody. And here's yeah, the thing, look, no one will know that it's happening. Is that like look at it this way? All of the things that people who actually work out, they've gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. We don't have barbells. We don't have mm-hmm. heavy weights. Yeah, yeah. Right. We we don't allow you to grunt or or work like work out yeah. hard in our facility. So anybody that actually works out, they're not going to a Planet Fitness. It's the demographic of people that will buy a membership just mm-hmm. to have one and never use it. Mm-hmm. And that's how Planet Fitness, that's how they stay open because they would be in trouble. They wouldn't be able to afford all the maintenance on their equipment, the treadmills mm-hmm. and everything if they were to have a facility that actually, actually functioned like, like a gym. Yeah, that, that people actually wanted to go to. Yeah, interesting. I haven't been in a Planet Fitness in many years, so I don't know, but my point about the consumption aspect is if you don't if you don't go, end up going to the gym and you come home and you have all these apps, what the hell good is any of it if you don't utilize any of it? I said, just cancel everything and go to bed. So what was the point that we were making? We we're, were Cata- making the point, <laughs> catastrophizing. So yeah. catastrophizing is ultimately just the obstacles. They're obstacles. They're still there, but they're yeah. obstacles. Those obstacles aren't the rest. They're not the rest of the They're not the end of the world, right? They're not. They, they just appear worse than they are. So, you know, sometimes you just really have to say, okay, well, this is how I planned. Even if you do plan your day, this is how Mm -hmm. I planned my day and it didn't work out that way. So I have to just take a step back before I tell myself it's the end of the world and I'm going to scrap everything and scrap my whole program. Because more often than not, you'll have obstacles and more often than not, life will quote unquote get in the way. So when you are able to accept the fact Mm-hmm. That life is not going to stop happening. Like I used to say this to clients all the time. I just actually, I, mine got boggling that I feel like I haven't said it in a long time. Is that you're always going to plan? It's like that saying, like you plan and God laughs. Yeah. Right. You ever hear that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course. You're always going to make plan, and life life doesn't care about your plans. Yeah. Right. Life is still going to continue. Like everybody's just constantly thinking that. I can just hit pause on life in order to hit my goals. And that's not the Mm -hmm. reality. The reality is that life is going to keep going. So you need to realize that. And I think that that thought process, again, we're talking about like, you know, thought patterns, thinking patterns and rewiring your brain and your mindset, that thought process is going to be liberating for you 
because yeah. when you realize that every day is going to come with some obstacles, then you're going to realize that, hey, I'm always going to have to be ducking and dodging these obstacles and navigating mm -hmm. my day and still getting shit done. All right. So moving along to the next one is using should statements. Nicole, do you want to elaborate on what that means? Yeah, I always talk to clients about not shitting all over themselves. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have eaten my protein. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gone to that meeting. I shouldn't have missed my workout. I, sh I said, are, are you going to tell me all the things you should have done? Or are we going to talk about the things that you're going to do moving forward? I don't want to hear about the past. Like we can talk about that. Or do they okay? say it in the future, right? I should do this. I should do yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I should. I, yeah. I actually had a, I had a conversation with a uh, client of mine who was like, I should. And I kept replacing. She actually got mad at me because I kept <laughs> replacing what her should and I would rewrite her sentence. And then in quotes, I wrote, I will instead yeah. of I should. Yeah. And she was like, stop fucking doing that. It's not helping. <laughs> it's annoying. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, but I will say but... that it circled back and it, she actually ended up. You have to reframe your mindset to I will do these things. And like yeah. you said, like, stop dwelling on the past of the things. Oh, I should have done this. That's a debilitating. I've been through that. It's debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think from so that's the actions or what you the actions that you think you should or shouldn't do. It's also about who you are instead of being I should be the person that works out. I should be the person that grocery shops every Saturday. I should be. I should be. I always say you are the person who goes to the grocery store on Sundays and preps your food. You are the person that goes to the gym three days a week. You have to become, you can't just talk about the actions of what you should do. You have to be that person. And I talk about this a lot with clients in terms of who they are. I'm like, you, I said, repeat after me. You are an exerciser, not I should be exercising. You are an exerciser. You now have become that part of life it's who you are it's what you do does the thought come first or does the action come first well i think it depends this is what makes this a challenging statement i think you set a goal so i you know some of my clients will be like i'm gonna work out three days a week okay we got this program and they work out maybe one day a week and i say okay and i get i should have worked out three days a week i'm like but you did work out one you are a person that worked out once a week for the past month you are you already are that person so now if you want to be the person that works out two days a week, let's go make that action happen. Now you but you do have to tell yourself, I'm the person that works out two days a week to get to the, the place where getting up on that second day, that's who you are. So I think I mean, that's a great question. Depends on the person and kind of how they what they lean more to. Towards. It's, a two, it's a two. I think it's it a goes. Yeah, it's, it's I don't think it can be. I just tell myself and then I do. I think this is goes back to the small steps and small habits and small behaviors that we set. So once you do one, I always flip it on my clients because they'll say, well, I only got my water in this time or I only got my steps. And I'm like, no, no, no. You are a walker. You are a water drinker. You already are those things. You did it. Even if you did it this much and our goal is here, you already did it. So now you already are that person. So now let's just take it up a notch. Well, I think the the so the like the two way street thing is. You have to think it in order to do it, but then you have to do it in order to believe that you you can become be that it. person yeah. right, to be it. So mm -hmm. it goes both ways. Like it starts with the thought 
And then the positive self-dialogue of like, well, I can do this and I will do it. That's where I go into change the dialogue around it. Don't tell yourself, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it or I can do it or I should do it. Just, you know, tell yourself I am going to do this and yeah. then find a way to do it. And then once you start doing it and incorporating it, when you've done it enough, now you start to identify your identity actually changes throughout the process. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting because you, you look from the inside out at other people that are quote unquote, are these kind of exercisers mm -hmm. that, oh, that I, I can never be like them kind of thing. And it's like, well, yeah, you can, you're not going to be like them tomorrow. Well, you're not even going to be like them. You're going to be that the version of you that does those things. Right. Yeah. But you're not going to be that version of you tomorrow. It's going to be a gradual progression over a period of time. And that also goes back to kind of that all or nothing that we talked about is like, you're, you're not going to be all of those things. Now you're not going to mm -hmm. associate with all those behaviors. Now mm -hmm. it's going to take you time and over uh, before you know it. I mean, you, you always end up after you go through that process, you come out the other end. You never really, I mean, if, if I'm being all philosophical here, you never come out the other end because you should always be should, Evolving. you should always be learning and growing. You mm -hmm. will always be learning and growing. There hopefully, you go. <laughs> hopefully for anybody listening to this episode, I know that I will always be learning and growing because mm -hmm. my current philosophy is grow or die. But I digress. What was I saying again? <laughs> I, I don't know. The the you you gradually become that person over time. And then on, you know, you fast forward one year, two years, three years, and you look back and it's almost like the blink of an eye. And you're like, wow, like, look how far I came in such a short amount of time. Yeah. You didn't do that at once. But then when you look back, like you realize that it's such a slow progression and process as you're going through it. But then when you look back on it, you're kind of like, wow, that almost seems like it happened overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, <laughs> I always say to clients that are like, I want, um, like, especially weight loss goals. Like, I want to be 150 pounds, whatever. I'll just, it's an example. And I say, okay, then you have to now act like the person that weighs 150 pounds. What do they do? How do they show up? What are the behaviors that they do to get there that you need to do to be that person? I said, and, but you have to tell yourself that all the time. The, the gap between the knowing and the doing is really where all these negative um, dialogue or all this negative self-talk and talk and dialogue come in because you know you should and the gap between knowing and then actually doing it is where all the negativity falls in and it 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 gets you out of that mindset of going okay I know I want to be the person that is an exerciser that takes care of their health and then doing it the gap in between is where all these catastrophizing and negative self-talk and all or nothing mentality you get off track to the doing actually doing it because you're too busy spending time focusing on all of this crap that you just need to shut that all down, repattern the dialogue and then get to the doing. And then the, the flip of that is when you're so busy doing the doing. Yeah. You, you don't have time to be thinking all those negative things. Exactly. All right. So moving on to the next one, self victimizing and blaming others and or blaming others uh, or your circumstances for your problems. And th this is, this is one of those like, inner child this is how I view it. Like one of those like inner child kind of things. Like, well, I grew up this way and I had this mindset and my parents instilled this in me. Like this is at least what, from my experience, what I went through, like it's always everybody else's fault except for yours. Mm -hmm. 
And if you're listening to this and you always feel like somebody else is getting in the way of your goals and your visions, they're not getting in the way. You're getting in the way. You have to get to a point where you realize that like you're in the driver's seat, you're in control, right? Mm -hmm. Everything in your life, like you need to take like massive amounts of ownership of, and I'm not just talking fitness here. Like you need to listen. If you're broke as fuck, guess what? It's your fault. It's nobody's fault. You might've been dealt different cards than somebody else. And somebody might have, might have grown up with, you know, more money and more, a little bit more opportunity. Right. But there are plenty of people that took ownership of their process and took themselves from rags to riches. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at it and I just use that as an example. The same thing is with your fitness, right? There is nothing you hold holding you back except for yourself. So when you start taking massive ownership and just saying everything is my fault and now from now on moving forward, everything that is in my control, I am going to work towards changing. And it's that the the, I I honestly think ownership is like that should be at the top in terms of one of the first things that you need to do in this journey is realize that everything's your fault. Yeah. That's it's difficult. That's a tough one, I think, for people to really like I said, this is where raw, honest conversations with yourself. You have to have what in my friend circle we call a sit down with yourself. Like you literally have to sit yourself down and ask some really tough questions. And sometimes, you know, like you said, that can come from lots of pain and hurt and just under, you know, understanding yourself and what you really want, why you want it. You're not a victim of your circumstances. Your circumstances are actually a consequence of your actions. And I think that is the important piece to, you know, we just went full circle just to get to that statement. So um, filtering positives out and keeping the negative thoughts. And this is where, and we kind of touched up on this in the recent episode. It was two episodes ago where we talked to Jordan Syatt. And uh, you talked about like kind of putting it in their face. And, you know, he talked about, the like, hey, do you consider yourself a positive or a negative person? Yeah, yeah. And you guys both had your stories on that. So he was like, you know, I'll go back on the emails and say, okay, well, they'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm super positive and go back on the emails and kind of shove it in their face kind of thing and say, okay, well, read these emails and then come back to me. And they're like, holy shit, I didn't even, you're so negative. You don't even realize it. It's such a pattern. Yeah. And then yeah. you took it a step further to say, here is you being negative right now, but you're capable of talking positively because here are the text messages that you and I have shared and mm-hmm. you have said positive things about yourself. So now I want you to go ahead and do more of that. Positive and negative self-dialogue is just that. It's a, it's a trained behavior. It's a skill that you develop through telling yourself good things about you and then you start believing them. You may yeah. be full of shit at first, but... Just look in the reality. You're not full of shit. You're you are these positive things. Look yourself in the mirror. Literally do this exercise. Look yourself in the mirror and tell as weird as it feels. Look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself every morning. It's like positive affirmations. Tell yourself one positive thing about yourself. Mm -hmm. And over time, you will start to believe that. And you have to start catching yourself speaking negatively about yourself and Mm -hmm. oh wait 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 i'm not going to go that way i'm going the other way yeah all right so moving along the last one is shaming yourself and to me this comes from not fulfilling promises to yourself so uh when you promise yourself things that 
you don't fulfill, then you really start. That's where you start kind of feeling like a piece of shit. Right. And that's where you start having that negative self dialogue. And that's where you start to shame yourself. So what I'll say about that is when you commit to when you promise yourself something, you have to commit to it. And in order to do that, you also have to make sure that you're not promising yourself things that you're going to do things that you can't fulfill. Yeah. So that's the note that I'll I guess I'll leave you on is is just like it's I I and I experienced this too. Like if I promise something to somebody else and I don't do it, it's a lot different. It hits different than promising myself something. But at the same time, I also like you want to reach a point where and this is kind of like for me, this is different because it's an integrity thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be a person that is viewed as if I say I'm going to do something, everybody in the room can trust that that is going to be done. Yeah. Right. And that's even with myself, like if I with bodybuilding. If there, you know how many how many people there was one show that I did and everyone in the room was they were taking bets on whether or not I was actually going to compete and I don't know why I was just like well you fuckers just don't know me I promised that to myself and everybody in the room I'm getting on that stage and that's exactly what I did right so it, it's those things and and those are some of the lessons that I've learned through bodybuilding is like I'm going to commit and it doesn't matter how hard it is. Mm-hmm. that I'm going to end up doing that. And I think all throughout this process with the thinking patterns is the, the common theme here is that you have to give yourself a little grace. You have to give your you have to be patient with yourself. You have to allow yourself to gradually progress. You have to be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to speak nicely to yourself and you have to work and understand that there are going to be obstacles and there are going to be trials and tribulations throughout the process and throughout your life. And you still have to do the things that you are committed to doing. Mm -hmm. And that is where you grow and become a better person when you overcome those adversities and you don't run away from them. Because if you continue running away from them, they're always going to be there and they're just going to haunt you. So the reality is that you're going to have to push through these obstacles and like like I'm saying here, it's like you promised yourself that you're going to do something. Don't let yourself down because that is the worst feeling. Yeah. Well, that's the root cause of all of this negative talk is, I think anyway, is the shame piece because shame is what you is who you think you are and what you don't fulfill about who you are. Guilt is the things that you promise to other people that you don't fulfill or do. Right. So the difference with guilt and shame, which can kind of go hand in hand a lot with nutrition and fitness in the sense that you say, I'm going to do three workouts a week. You don't, you feel shame about it. And then that perpetuates all this, all the six other ones that we just talked about. Guilt is if I promise you that I'm going to come and work out with you and I don't show up, I feel guilty that I let you down. But like you said, it's easier. I'll show up to, so I don't let you down, but most people won't show up and let themselves down. You know what I mean? It's it's a harder thing to admit that you didn't show up for yourself. I think that's the worst thing is not showing up for yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that's where all the the root cause of all of the negativity comes from is shame. And I'll go as far I'll go as far as to say that when you start showing up for yourself, it's a lot easier to show up for other people. So you never feel the shame or the guilt. Yeah. 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 Agree. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is seven negative thinking patterns. And you may relate to some of these. And maybe these are things that you need to ponder on. And we hope this episode is helpful for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.